Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, God, thank you for this moment and this time uh, that we have together. Let your words be my words today. Let all of us benefit from the word that you have prepared for us to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Mother's Day. So, what are we doing while our children are watching? Uh be doers of God's word. That's our topic today. How are we doing in doing God's word? What are we doing while our children are watching? And our text comes from uh, the book of James, Jesus' brother, uh, James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, where it says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So what are we doing while our children are watching, and not just our children, but our non-believing friends and family and co-workers, our neighbors, we are setting an example, uh, whether we realize it or not, our circle of influence, whether we realize it or not, when we post Bible verses that are inconsistent with the person that our Facebook friends know in real, in quote-unquote real life. Um if our social media personality and our actions don't match, then that lessens the impact that we have in sharing the message of Christ with others. Um, if our life as a whole doesn't add up um, our, with our actions in front of our children, then what must they think about us? So what James is saying is you're fooling yourself you're not doing what God's word says and obeying what God's word says, then it's like glancing at a mirror. It's looking at your face in a mirror and walking away and forgetting who you are and whose you are. Are you leading your children and the people in your life to an authentic relationship with Christ? Are you changing the world around you? And if so, what are you doing to make that happen? Kids don't listen to what we say. They watch what we do. They watch what we do and they question, are you really acting like a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? They're looking to you for guidance. They're looking to the other adults in their lives for guidance. So, yes, this is not specifically a Mother's Day message, but I really wanted to make sure it was a message for everyone here because we have the kids in the audience today. We have all ages here. Whether you're a mother or not, whether you're a Christian or not, 
We all have a circle of influence. So what are you doing while others are watching? Uh, Some might say, stop acting like a Christian. Just simply be one. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Uh, One of the things that I, I thought about this week was the external behavior modification idea versus the transformation of the heart idea. And really what it means to be a Christian, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it is a heart transformation. It is not an external behavior modification program. It is not where we change the way we dress or the uh, the way we style our hair, uh, whether we wear short skirts or long skirts or uh, purple hair or our natural hair color. It doesn't really matter. What matters is our heart. The book of Romans in chapter 12, verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, friends, this doesn't mean you change your outward appearance just to look Christian. God is not looking at the outside. And you know what? Neither are your friends who need Jesus. They're looking for authentic believers in Christ. Your children will rise and call you blessed because of your authenticity as a woman of God. Uh, Proverbs 31 outlines a great example of what a uh, woman of God uh, can be and, and, and should be in the Old Testament. It's not about just our external behavior. And external behavior includes things like going to church. Uh, it's not enough just to show up here week after week if your heart is not changed. External behavior focuses on all the things I can't do now that I'm a Christian, as opposed to the things I am now free to do and grow in Christ. Pastor B talked about community last week, so I won't repeat a lot of what he said, but God's will is that we live in community and relationship with each other and him. The illustration uh, that I like to use in that instance is that is the cross itself. The cross is both vertical and horizontal. The vertical is the relationship between you and God our Father. But the horizontal part is the relationship between you and your fellow Christians, the the body of Christ, how we connect with others in our community and what that means for us. And so what did Jesus tell us to do? Jesus told us to make disciples. So the do part of God's word is to go and make disciples. And in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus tells us after the resurrection, but before he ascends to to heaven, he says in verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Friends, Jesus is telling us to go and to make disciples. He is telling us to obey all of his commands. And in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we have... Jesus is telling us to obey all of his commands. And last week, Pastor B uh, shared with us that all of Jesus's commands had to do with love, loving each other, loving God, our father, loving him, uh, loving the stranger, loving our neighbors. And that's what the Old Testament talks about. One of the things we cover sometimes in the kids zone when we talk about the when we teach on the Ten Commandments is, you know, that God's ten rules all have to do about love. 
It's about love. And you know what? All crosses are temporary. This is uh, an idea, a concept that I got from uh, watching a conference online a couple of weeks ago that Pastor B attended. I was watching the streaming copies because as a mom, of course, we I, I did not go to the conference. I stayed back and uh, made sure the kids got to school every day. And uh, Willie George, pastor that was there, he said, all crosses are temporary. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Here we are with Jesus He's telling his disciples to go and make disciples. He's telling them this after he rose from the cross. He and his disciples were having a small group meeting. There was food. Yes, the Bible records that Jesus ate a meal with his crew after the resurrection. People in the first century church were literally witnesses to a risen Savior. That was the urgency. That was the excitement. They're like, wait a minute, this guy came back. We're eating with him. We're talking with him. We're hanging out with him. And so... When Willie George pointed out, you know what, all crosses are temporary, it really made me think, you know what, Jesus was actually only on the cross for a short while. Then he defeated death and he rose from the grave. The world knows Jesus as this guy who hung on the cross. We see pictures of it everywhere. But the victory for us and why we follow him is that he did not stay there. He didn't stay there. So when did Jesus tell us to go and make disciples? What is it, What does the word tell us? It tells us he said that after his resurrection, before he ascended to heaven. The core, accepting, the core of accepting salvation is accepting Christ as Savior, our Lord. So if I'm saved, I will give myself to the doing of my Lord's word. It is not that I will attempt to save myself by obeying a list of commands, but rather it's because I am saved. I will set my heart on doing the will of God, who is my Savior. Uh, Jesus told his disciples uh, before the cross, he said, they will know you by, they will know you are my followers by your fruit. So if your friends are watching you, uh, your children are watching you, and your life is consistent with living a life for Jesus, doing God's word, showing that you're not just listening to his word, but you are actually in fully engaged and fully empowered and doing what God's word says and being obedient to God's word, then your fruit will show that. Being a Christian is not about what you can't do. It's about what I can do. And you know what I can do? I can love. I can love my neighbor as myself. All of Jesus's commands were about love. And so the illustration or the story I want to talk to you about a little bit today is about Ruth's love for Naomi. Um, It's a great example from the Old Testament where we have the story of Ruth and it's found in the book of Ruth, only four chapters. I would encourage you to read it this week if you uh, take some time and also read the book of James. But to give you a little bit of background about Ruth and Naomi, Naomi and her family moved from Bethlehem to Moab because there was a famine. In other words, there was no food in Bethlehem. She and her family lived in Moab. Her husband, her two sons, uh, they, her sons grow up, they marry women, uh, local women from Moab. Everything was going fine until one day Naomi's husband died. And then, uh, here she is, far from her homeland. Her, she's now a widow. And then her two sons die. And the Bible doesn't say why or what from. And now we have Naomi, far from her homeland, with two daughters-in-law. She decides to return to Bethlehem, but tells her daughter-in-laws that they should go back to their parents' homes. She doesn't have anything for them. And, and legally, she really didn't have any more ties to them because her sons were gone too. 
one of her daughter-in-law says, well, okay. And she goes back to her family. But the other one, Ruth, says no. And I imagine that Naomi must have been a Proverbs 31 woman, because who else could inspire this heartfelt declaration from a daughter-in-law? Ruth, in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 through 18, it says, But Ruth replied, Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. I could hear the mic drop. Naomi clearly discipled Ruth. Ruth was agreeing to go to a place where she didn't know what she was going to get into, what was going to happen. She had faith in Naomi's God that her purpose in life would be found there, though. Ruth's mind and heart had been transformed from her experience of over a decade of being in a part of Naomi's household. She did not want to go back to her former life. Whatever the cost, she was going with Naomi. I imagine the relationship they must have had up until that point. They went through great disappointment together, and I'm sure happy times as well. Last week, when uh, Pastor B pointed out to us that Jesus commands us to love one another, if I'm saved, then I love others. If I'm saved, then I go. And if I am saved, I love others so that, like Ruth, they will say, your God will be my God. I want to be saved too. If I am saved, then I am living out God's word in my life. As James pointed out, I am doing the will of God. I am obeying God's command. I am not walking away from the mirror and forgetting who I am. Ruth is a short book. Again, it's only four chapters. Take some time to read it this week, but let me jump to the end of the book and tell you how the story ends. Ruth marries, remarries. She marries a guy named Boaz. They have a son. Their son becomes the grandfather of King David. In verse 17, it says, And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. That alone is a big deal, but let's flip to the New Testament quickly, just for a moment. And it's an even bigger deal when we look at Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy of Jesus. Ruth shows up about halfway through. There's an Andy Stanley quote that I like, and it says, Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God might not be something you do, but someone you raise. Your children are watching you. Your children are watching you. Ruth had a child, Obed. Obed had a child, Jesse. Jesse had a child, David. And David was the King David that we all know in the Bible who wrote the book of Psalms and and was a great king of Israel. And We're here because of Jesus. Ruth is one of a few, only a few women listed in Jesus's genealogy in the New Testament. God's word in our lives may not be something that we're doing right this moment, but it may be the influence we have over others. So how do we apply this? If I were to ask you, thinking about applying God's word in my life, If you read the Bible or your daily devotional, most of you will say yes. But for those of you who might add, well, you know, I read my Bible every day. I read a devotional on my my phone. But this Christian stuff isn't working for me. I would ask then, 
Are you applying God's word? Are you applying what you're reading to your life? Let's let's look at James again. James chapter 1 verse 22. But don't just listen to the word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Perhaps Ruth found freedom in the law. She found freedom in what she learned from uh, from Naomi and uh, her husband. And she was blessed to be an ancestor of Jesus. When we apply God's word, his scripture to our daily lives, we are blessed by it. When we integrate it into our thinking, our perspective, and submit our minds to it, allow our hearts to be transformed by it, and formulate our beliefs by what it says, we are blessed. When we make decisions by it about how we respond to our trials what goals we will pursue, how we will spend our time and money, and how we speak to one another, we are blessed. When we dare to live by the word of God, we are blessed. I dare you today to live by the word of God. In one verse, James has spread out the blueprint of how Christians can equip themselves with the word of God for freedom and blessing. In our small groups here at Mosaic, one of the ways that we like to uh, encourage everyone to study God's Word is called the SOAP method. Uh, Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. That's what S-A-O-P stands for. And Scripture is what verse or verses stuck out to you in your reading. What did you observe about the Scripture that struck you? And this could be one sentence. It could be the whole book. And application, how can you apply the observation so that it affects your life today? So that you can be a doer of God's word. And then pray. Prayer, write out a prayer to God in your journal on what you just learned and ask him to help you to apply this truth to your life. When we, one of the things that happens with us when we are are, are studying God's word or, or reading our Bible is an when we choose not to apply it, it's almost as if we are reading our Bible as if it were the genie in Aladdin. And we are being uh, superstitious about it. You know, God is not the genie from Aladdin. We're not rubbing our Bible and making wishes. Um, It's not what we're called to do to just repost memes about Jesus or Bible verses on Facebook and call that holy. It is applying what we're learning, applying what we're reading. Uh, It's not forgetting what we heard in the message on Sunday when we get to the office on Monday. Uh, We're not going to be perfect. We're going to have weeks where we're going to miss it. And that's not James' point. It's not to to, uh, beat us up about it. He's simply saying that if we have God's word on our minds and our hearts are transformed and we're actively trying to do what it says do, then we won't really have the time to forget Sunday's message uh, so quickly, or if we're reading the Bible on our own and we read uh, what we read that morning should 
come up in our conversation throughout that day. Connecting with others in small groups or opportunities to serve around the church gives us that time to be able to make sure that we are uh, actively applying what God says do in our lives as we talk it through with others and with other believers and spending more time with other believers. Otherwise, we put ourselves in a position to be disobedient to God, to walk away, as James says, and forget what we heard already. Several years ago, there was a a thing where you could get a bracelet and it said, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And the idea was, it was catchy, um, but the idea was that we remember who we saw in the mirror. But if your Christianity is just an outward expression, then you will constantly need to go back and look in the mirror because you forgot what you looked like. We should all be so busy making disciples uh, and connecting with others horizontally as well as with God vertically that we don't forget or don't have time to be disobedient or blatantly disobedient to God. Remember, moms, your children are watching you. Your actions have a profound effect on their lives. Your purpose may not be limited to your season of motherhood, but will reach beyond that. Look at Ruth. Ruth's period of motherhood affects us even to this day. So how do we show God that we are trusting him? How do we apply what he is asking us to do? Well, we do that through obedience. Salvation is not that I will save myself by obeying a list of commands. It is that I'm setting my heart on doing God's will in my life. And when I was studying and preparing for this message, I found uh, on the internet, I found a blog by a woman by uh, by the name of Holly Barrett. And I want to share with you something that she wrote. It was really short on her blog about uh, what she got out of studying James chapter 1. And she said, I can choose to obey the words of God, the words that give liberty and freedom, the words that offer hope and life, the words that bring blessing, or I can live with self-deception. I can look in the mirror each day and then go about life forgetting what I look like, choosing to stay bound to what I think I look like, what I think I am, what my past tells me I should be. When I look at it like that, Obedience seems pretty simple. Do not merely listen to the word, but do what it says. So here's James. He's insisting that the words of Scripture are of no value unless they're put into direct practice, unless we uh, do what God's word says. So when you're reading the Bible, uh, when you are studying God's word and you have an opportunity then to begin to see a picture of true justice or genuine love or real holiness, and you're able to start practicing what you're discovering. This is the passion that James has as he's writing. He wants you to discover who you are in Christ so that you can impact others through the influence that you have, specifically for moms, as we're talking about today, your children. Our Kids Zone team will often hear me say that we do what we do in the Kids Zone because Monday is coming. And I can't really take credit for that. It comes from a quote from Reggie Joyner that goes like this Monday is when reality hits, Monday is when Sunday is tested, Monday is when faith has to work. The real question is 
Will what happens in church on Sunday make a real difference in someone's life on Monday? Monday's when we walk away from the mirror and forget what we looked like, but it doesn't have to be that way. Sunday shouldn't be the only day that you listen to God's Word. We have so many opportunities for you to listen, to read, to watch. Our church has a mobile app where you are probably listening to this uh, message right now. We have videos. Uh, I, you know, and I admit Christian television can be a little hit or miss. Uh, so if you're watching Christian television, make sure you're watching with your Bible open so that you can check what you are hearing. But you can also listen to podcasts of other trusted men and women of God. Um, you can access uh, the Bible app. In fact, you can download the Bible app from Version and listen to the Bible being read to you while you drive or while you wash dishes, or at night before you go to bed. In fact, this week, Version, the people who make the Bible app, are doing something special in, honors, in honor of Mother's Day. They're doing Family Bible Week. So you, as you can see, you can try this with your family this week. You can uh, check out a reading plan and uh, discuss the devotional and uh, the reading plan daily with your family and, uh, and really have an opportunity to model Christian devotion and living with your family, with your children this week, and you don't even have to be in the same state. So check out the version on the Bible app. As we wrap up, I just want to implore you to be doers of God's word. That means prepare for Monday. That means love your neighbor, read your Bible, read Ruth and James this week. They're both really short and both demonstrate God's love uh, for us. Demonstrate God's love for your children and for your friends and family this week. They're all watching. They're looking to see how you obey God. They're looking to see how you serve God in your life. They're looking how you react to different situations. Choose this day who you will serve. Ask God to transform your heart and your mind and become a follower of Jesus today if you're not already. Get connected with a small group and other Bible believers If you're not ready to connect with a small group, and we have several of them here at Mosaic, then just come to church early. Jump in. Volunteer to serve. Serving together is like being in a small group. We're talking to each other. We're sharing how our week is going. We're sharing our God stories for the week, how God showed up and showed out in our lives, or or it's an opportunity for to share your prayer requests and your heart with others while you serve. Stay after church um, if you can't get here a little early and talk to folks. Uh, introduce yourself. Help with breakdown. Um, bottom line, we're still too small of a group here at Mosaic for us not to know everyone's names and their kids' names. Talk to someone today you've never talked to before. Plan to meet up for coffee this week. Stay for growth track classes after service. This week, uh, we're supposed to have step two, but if you missed step one, that's okay. Come anyway. Jump in any week. Step one, two, three, or four. Get connected, and you will see how much easier it is to be a doer of God's word, how much freedom you will find in doing God's word and living your life for Christ when you're connected with other believers. Amen? Amen. Thank you uh, for today. God, thank you for this time that we've had together. Uh, Bless everyone that is here under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us at our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.